we have brilliant ideas, we have brilliant innovations, and what we want is financial support. We need political will, we need government commitments. When young people are empowered to take action on issues that matter to them, they create positive change in the communities and beyond. We are in a war, and right now everyone who is right here in this building is fighting. You're listening to The Lid Is On with me, Connor Lennon, coming to you from the historic Delegates Lounge at UN headquarters, where countless off-the-record diplomatic conversations have taken place over the years. I'm recording during the 2023 Youth Forum, which takes place here every year. Young people from around the world are in town, bringing a fresh perspective to the world's problems and hopefully helping to get the Sustainable Development Goals, or SDGs, back on track as the world tries to recover from the fallout of the COVID-19 pandemic. I have three guests on this week's show, all of them appointed UN Young SDG Leaders. Mayada Adil is a Sudanese medical doctor, fashion designer, women's rights advocate for health equity and a refugee rights activist. Did I miss anything? No. That was good. Okay. Uh, based in France, Mayada has worked on campaigns focused on ending gender-based violence, specifically against female genital mutilation in Sudan and Mali. Now, uh, first of all, we're talking at a time when things are very tricky back in your home country right now. And to what extent have youth been able to have a say in trying to improve the situation, particularly for democracy in Sudan? We have to go back to revolution, Sudanese revolution 2019 and 20, when I personally participate and engage with the, from the role of diaspora in uh, helping revolution from afar, promoting the revolutionary, uh, working with the resisting committee, which is like a youth groups uh, working on the neighborhood in Sudan to assist in uh, covering, the, uh, covering the needs of their neighbors by uh, providing humanitarian assistance, by uh, organizing the political activism and, and, and the youth engagement on the on the political level. Um, we've been working on struct uh, structuring that, strategizing and organizing those work. Um, unfortunately, the events right now, it's, uh, it's, it's dire and complicated, but we still advocate for the youth work and, and we endorse them uh, through our office, the Youth Envoy Office. Um, and uh, we demand more um, attention uh, to the work that they are been doing in the ground and um, to provide them with the medical supplies through the uh, UN channels. That's basically, I can say. Is the diaspora very highly connected? Uh, do they talk a lot? Are they trying to get things off the ground from outside of the country? Absolutely. The diaspora is uh, well connected to the to the country by by those channels, uh, the secret channels or trusted channels, um, by providing donations, by speaking to the people in power. Me, I personally uh, was in the Elysee talking with the advisors, how we can amplify the, the, this work of uh, the civilians, the youth groups. We have done a lot of uh, talk with the journalists, with the people in power to, to advocate with that and, and even have like a evacuation of citizens that uh, engaged uh, diplomatically and politically with other uh, uh, diplomatic missions uh, either in France or in, in Germany. So um, there is a lot of work that diaspora are playing right now and it's important role as, as the role of the people on the ground as well. And using your role as a, a UN a youth advocate to, to try and improve the situation? Absolutely, because I believe uh, the role had opened a lot of opportunity for me to speak on high-level uh, meetings, um, be able to address uh, the people that we uh, demand uh, urgent action from them. Yeah, I believe so. 
I also have with me Paul and Lovu. Paul, you are a radio champion, that's how you're described, using radio to help young people in Zimbabwe living with HIV and AIDS to cope with the challenges they face and access sexual and reproductive health rights and mental health services as well. So let's talk a bit about your radio show. I'm a radio champion in an organization that is called Jandiri. So um, Ed Jandiri uh, is a peer-led organization that connects young people living with HIV with trained and mentored peer counselors to assure health, happiness and hope. So this radio show is a peer-led radio show. So we identify various community and health challenges that are being faced by young people living with HIV and turn these topics into radio shows to share information and to advocate for adolescent health, rights and well-being. You know, young people living with HIV, they need more than just medicines. You know, it's, it's not easy to be tested HIV positive as a young person. You know, acceptance is very difficult. So as a young person, you need mental health support. And uh, there has been um, evidence that there is power in peer support. You know, when a young person um, who has been trained in mental health talks to a young person who has just tested HIV positive, there has been a conversation at the same age which a young person can actually understand. Because after a young person has tested HIV positive, there are a lot of questions. Am I going to get married? Am I going to be successful in education? Am I going to find a job? Am I going to have children? Those are some of the issues which might uh, trigger depression, trauma, uh, you know, and other issues, substance abuse and other issues. So through the radio show, we're trying also to fight stigma and discrimination, share information uh, about the health and well-being of young people. And have you tried to build a community? Yes. So, you know, uh, the young people living with HIV, they are living in the community. So we work with caregivers. We also support caregivers in terms of supporting the young people. We also work with community and religious leaders. They also have a role to play to ensure that uh, young people living with HIV achieve their hopes and dreams for the future. Why radio? So, you know, like um, radio can, is able to reach every young people, whether young people who are in urban areas or whether young people who are in rural areas. So. We know right now that the social media have become a playground for young people. So we do uh, the radio show live stream um, so that it reaches everyone, even those in rural areas. We also live stream those radio shows on Facebook to ensure that the young people who are also available on Facebook are able to listen to the shows. And finally, we have Gibson Coago, another radio personality based in Tanzania, the founder and chief technical officer of WAGA, an organization which produces solar lamps, power banks, mini power walls to help rural dwellers access off-grid clean and affordable energy for lighting and power solutions. And urban dwellers can access electricity in terms of, in terms of power cuts and also e-mobility. Gibson, the village where you were born had no electricity, that's right. Is that still the case? Uh, so now at least there are a few solutions that came about, but uh, I was born in a village where we had no electricity at all. So th- those few people who had mobile phones, when they were empty, we used to carry five to ten mobile phones, take them together, and one could take a bicycle, go to a far town and go to recharge them. So in case someone could send a mobile phone to charge the first day, we needed to wait until the second day because there was a queue of phones that needed to be recharged. So we were sure to get our phone in the second day, then use it. So it, it was a complicated situation. So it was like a lifeline then, you know, you're getting all these phones charged, bringing them back so people could communicate with the outside world. Yeah, so and unfortunately, people in our village needed to communicate with different people, but we had no solution to charge because the electric grid had not reached our place. 
So we were trying to look at how we could solve that solution. And that's why at the end of the day, me growing up in a place with that challenge, and at least I got a chance to get educated from the Islam Institute of Technology, then I looked for a solution and now Waga is the solution for that case, yeah. And what is the situation today? Are there still many communities with no access to electricity? Uh, no. So right now we have uh, different uh, key stakeholders playing different parts, like uh, there are NGOs, there are some government projects, and there are some different uh, private companies like Waga who are providing solutions to different people. So you might find one village is covered by uh, one angle with an NGO, one angle with the government, and one angle with the private sector. So we are uniting so that we can solve uh, the same problem together. And, and the same question I put to Paul, why radio? Personally, uh, I was a musician before, and I used to go to perform in big shows. I was also a music producer. I used to access different people. So I found out that uh, musicians have very great impact and people listen to them much. And most people can listen to the radios because uh, you can listen to a radio by force when you're in the bus, in the public transport, then you can listen to a radio at home or you can listen through mobile phone. And nowadays the radios in Tanzania are live streaming on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. So I found out that like when I became a young leader for SDGs, the best place where I can communicate what I want young people to understand and what I want them to act is through a radio. So like right now I'm working with uh, one big radio in Tanzania, Wasafi FM, where I have a segment, it's called Kaki Janja, so get updated with new texts, where I have a five-minute segment every day from Monday to Friday where I educate young people in different sectors. So one is about the internet security, how to secure their YouTube, Facebook accounts. Every, every young person wants to use Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, but not, most of them are not educated on how they need to keep their accounts secure. There's phishing attacks. There are hackers who take away their accounts and post some bad uh, materials on their accounts. So I educate them on how they can secure their accounts, but also I educate them on new technologies. There are so many technologies that me as Gibson have access to and have knowledge about. But those people living in rural places who listen to radios can't access the internet. So I am I'm their messenger, learning and understanding and telling them in simple language, non-tech language. And the last part is like, now we are fighting the climate change problem. And uh, climate change we, in, in Tanzania, most people are looking like, the people with industries, the big bosses, are the ones to fight against that climate change. But um, becoming a young leader, I use that plaf platform to teach them and to give them more awareness. Like, you can fight climate change by changing uh, your behavior on the way you eat, the way you sleep, the kind of solutions you use, the kind of transport you are using. Like now we are using um, normal bikes which use petrol. But now we need to move to electric bikes. So as Waga, we are making the power packs, the battery packs, then we are looking towards transforming the normal fuel bikes to be electric bikes. But that thing needs to click from the minds of the people. So if they understand the essence of why should we use electric bikes in case they go to a public uh, transport or they want to hire a motorbike, they will choose an electric bike uh, instead of choosing the normal fuel bike only because they were educated on the essence of that issue. So that's why I use radio. Sure, that's really interesting. You're all from very different backgrounds. You're all, you're all focused on very different, um, different things. Are there any 
you know, you've got to know each other a bit since 2022, I think, so when you first became advocates. Uh, what have you learned about each other and, and what it means to be an advocate? We are all championing different sustainable development goals. We are all working in different sectors, in different environments, with different cultures and different backgrounds. But one thing I found, we have one thing in common because we all live. So no matter place or where you are, we all live and we all experience the same problems but in different places. So like right now we have looked at how we can uh, partner and collaborate with each other. Just like what uh, Gibson was saying, actually Gibson uh, gave an example of climate change. You know, um, long back we actually used to think maybe climate change is no linkage to young people living with HIV in terms of HIV and sexual reproductive health. But you know, because of like climate change, imagine when there is a disaster, natural disaster, uh, health institutions are destroyed. Uh, the, the, the medication of young people living with HIV is also lost. So, you know, these issues actually connect to each other. That when there is a climate change, we also see that young people living with HIV are also affected. Their medication is lost, their clinics are destroyed, you know, they default from treatment, high viral load, then that results in other opportunistic infections. So, a partnership is very key. We are learning from each other and we see the sustainable development goals are connected. For example, uh, other young leaders who work on SDG 1 in terms of ending poverty. You know, when ending, when you are talking about uh, poverty, if uh, there is poverty within the area, that will also result into, you know, young people might as actually start to engage in sexual activities in terms of in a living, and maybe some of them might actually be vulnerable to, you know, forced sex that is not unprotected. So we find out if we, like, work on sustainable development one of ending poverty, we also see that uh, there is reduced HIV transmission. So we are working with, uh, we're learning from each other as the sustainable development goals, they are all connected to ensure that we uh, achieve SDGs by 2030. And uh, finally, what, what, what do you think this forum can achieve? I'm coming from the belief that young people are the leaders of today, not tomorrow, and our voices and action must be, must be included in every decision-making process. Uh, so young people are not asking for the seat in the table, they are creating their own seat in the table. So this, this forum is for us, so we can more youth-led actions to accelerate the achievement of the SDGs. Um, we're going to bring new ideas, we're going to bring energy and the passion put it into it because it's concerning us it's our 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 future uh, so when young people are empowered to take action on issues that matter to them they create positive change in the communities and their beyond we are in a war and right now everyone who is right here in this building is fighting against something and we are all fighting against common problems so one of the greatest takeaways right here is young people we are the future we are the ones to make the coming generations, uh, we are the ones shaping on how our future is, is going to be. And also uh, one thing is well, young people right now all over the globe have a great potential to become great people and to make great changes. And the last thing is we, we are united. So just, you know, it's, it's very difficult to unite young people from different backgrounds, bring them together and speak about a common goal. It's very hard. Most of the times everyone will come in and they will come on, will come on with their own issues and it's very difficult to achieve a goal when you are putting young people together. But when uh, you find like uh, right here we are young people who have a common goal, who have the common intention and most of us right here are self-driven.
we are not forced to come here. We all wanted to come here because we had burning issues in our hearts from our countries and we wanted to share out to different people. So the, one of the greatest takeaways is the world should look at us and should look at young people right now as the people who know where we are going because mm. the world makes a road for the man or a woman who knows where he or she is going and we are here knowing where we are going. As youth, um, we are not only the beneficiaries of the program, but we are equal stakeholders. You know, you know, we are very glad that um, you know the NGOs, the communities are now starting to meaningfully engage young people in different consultations. But now, what we want to see is um, a, a continuation of meaningful youth engagement in terms of service delivery, in terms of implementation. The youth has to continue to be engaged as service providers. The youth has to continue to be engaged as implementers within the process. We are saying that, you know, as youth we have brilliant ideas that we have. We have brilliant innovations that we have. And what we want is we need, you know, financial we need financial support, we need political will, we need government commitments, we need resources to be allocated. We have very creative ideas, but we need resources for us to be able to implement uh, the you know, peer-led initiatives that we have. I think I'll, I'll, I'll definitely uh, continue advocating for, to be the voice for Sudanese people from the diaspora. I would really see, I would like to see, it's going to be a bit controversial, to see the UN reforming their policy to prevent war, not to deal with the war in the midst by uh, providing humanitarian, humanitarian assist, assistance. We need to see reshaping of those policies by preventing the wars and expecting, anticipating before it happens to, to engage more in the dialogue and, and, and negotiations. Well, it's been inspiring to meet you all. Thank you so much. And I hope you enjoy your time here in New York as well and get, get as much out of it as you hope.